Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 15, Episode 17. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... Mrs. Dove. Hola. I mean, Grüß Gott. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Did I come back saying Jolly Ho and Cheerio? Top of the no. morning, dear. <laughs> you should have. That would have been amazing. <laughs> no. This is Theo. And we have four issues to cover and no news, so we're just going to get right to it. Our first issue is the ending of Night Terrors, so I'll do a quick Night Terrors wrap-up and then get right into the story that has everyone on Twitter talking Gotham War. But first, Night Terrors, Night's End. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter, Giuseppe Camancoli, Stefano Nisi, and Trevor Hersey. Insomnia has used the Nightmare Stone to spread his fear of superheroes to the whole world. Insomnia rewards Deadman with a dream family. The Justice League attacks Insomnia, but he holds them off with his immense dream powers. Deadman rejects Insomnia's gift and possesses him, allowing the League to fight back. While Deadman is losing his dream spiritual fight with Insomnia, the League finds Dr. Destiny slash John D's Dreamstone and Sandman and Insomnia face off. However, Deadman was faking losing to Insomnia and destroys the villain in the spirit realm, saying farewell to this realm as they both fade away. Deadman goes to a new adventure, while Insomnia to a living hell. The League celebrates, and Sandman goes back to his dreams of death. Batman falls asleep because Deadman possessed him too long. Amanda Waller plans to use the worldwide fear of superheroes that Insomnia created for her plans, including the Nightmare Stone and the Helmet of Hate, to be used to create a mysterious new villain called Dr. Hate in an attack on the Titans in Beast World. All right, so, Theo, I feel like you were right. Do you you feel like your prediction was right about uh, Night Terror's ending? Yeah, I, I I definitely see what happened to Wesley as him finally being able to cross over into that great Wait, beyond. You mean Dead Man or Wesley? Oh, not Wesley. I'm Boston. Okay, right. Okay, re, re, retake. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I definitely feel you know that Boston was able to finally cross over and enter that great beyond, you know, which, which is what I hinted at the last time when he mentioned his dreams finally coming true. How do you feel this event ended? Mm. Mm. I don't understand how everybody was suddenly in the dream world fighting, or maybe that wasn't the dream world. I'm very confused about where anything happened at the end and why anything happened in the end. And I have no clue what the Dreamstone did because it looks like it's a bad thing. I was a little confused about that too because I kept getting Nightmare Stone and Dreamstone confused. I was confused because the art is so nuts that <laughs> it's hard to tell what the heck is going on. I thought the, Howard Porter. I thought the Dreamstone was supposed to be the counter to the Nightmare Stone. That makes sense. But it only happens in like one page. Right. 
But I don't understand in the context of the story what, what, what. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> the, <laughs> the events of even things that seem to have things to do with it ended up not being helpful. Like, the did Angel Breaker do anything for the story? She sent the kid nope. off with something. Not that I'm aware that, of. Yeah, no, that had nothing to do with nothing. Uh, uh, it's just, uh, well, see, the, and, event, and, the event was a waste of paper. And again, like I said, welcome to events. Yeah, they they did these other stories, such as Angel Breaker, such as Ravager, such as Zatanna, for one reason only: money, cash grab, money. Well, the only one worth it was the Robin one. I mean, I liked Batman. I thought Batman. Yeah, was and the Batman one was okay. And as far as like story and creepy and stuff like that, like the detective comic one was was fun. Oh yeah, that was a good story. And it was I'm a... pretty sure that's going to tie into the backups. But the, it was completely unnecessary for the story they went to tell. Sure. And then in, f- in fact, there was a lot of things that I was so confused that were so rushed at the end. It's like, why didn't you just use a page space? <laughs> just flesh this out a bit more because I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I try, and I tried getting into. Superman's and Wonder Woman's because I knew that at some point they would kind of be the focus once we got back into the main book, but I just couldn't get with it. You know, I think for his part, and I said it in my review, Williamson did an okay job spearheading Night Terrors, especially the Batman story I thought was really well and parts of Night Terrors was really well as also but Night's End kind of went flat. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I I still think that compared to Lazarus Planet and um oh it's pull us a worthy. Yeah, it's it's much better than Lazarus Planet. I think Dark Crisis was better and we will give our thoughts on Gotham War in just a few minutes. But uh, ultimately, I was kind of hoping that this would be kind of a fun thing to remember. But honestly, I think this is going to be super forgettable. Oh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think next year we'll be like night terrors. I kind of remember. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that that event right before the Gotham War? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, okay, another. Okay, so I don't know if this is going to be a question you're going to ask because I didn't look at your questions, but. So one thing that kind of bothered me is that Bat- Batman, uh, DC's been really like pushing this Alpha and Omega issue thing with a lot of their events, uh-huh. but they've been really inconsistent about what it contains. Like sometimes it's a sneak preview or maybe a prologue and sometimes it's an epilogue like Fear State. Well, it was really forgettable and missable. But this was like, if you don't read the first one and the last one, you might as well not have read the event because that's basically Correct. where the entire thing was. So they, I this just should wish have been be... a six-issue miniseries instead yeah. of a four-issue plus these weird Alpha and Omegas. Yeah. What was the first issue called? Night Terrors. Oh, I don't even know. I can't remember. I also wish they would stop calling these Alpha and Omega issues something other than Alpha and Omega, because everyone understands what that means. They call them like battle lines or Knight's End or I'm just like, 
just call it Alpha and Omega. We all know. Or do the decent thing and call it issue one and issue six. And the zero, the the free comic book day was, I mean, it's a tie into the the Robin backup in the Batman miniseries, but it really wasn't a, uh, I don't know. It felt very unnecessary, even though I liked it. I'm saying this as more than just a Robin fan, but the some of the Robin stuff was the best stuff in the series, mainly because he didn't fall asleep, so his his activities weren't useless. <laughs> not entirely useless. Or well, at least not until the end, at least. Not until the end. <laughs> in the end, the only thing that mattered was Dead Man, which I guess is fair because they did structure the whole event around him, but it yeah. did mean, like, why did everybody else need to be here? <laughs> Like, I don't understand what they're doing at the end. What are they fighting? Like, are they fighting the knights, I guess? Are they there? I don't know. I can't tell. So, so basically, think... Go ahead, Theo. No, I was just going to say, basically, Insomnia brought his world into the real world. Okay. For the purpose... When he kills himself, he, like, gets superpowers yeah. to do that. And he did it strictly for the purpose of upending and showing out the Justice League, you know, because they let his family die and he wants the rest of the world to see the League as these monsters as he do. And Now, do I understand why killing himself allows him to have superpowers in the real world? No, I do not. That made no sense. When you die in your dream, you get stronger in real life? Wait, what? Apparently? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I didn't get it at all. When you die in real life, you're stronger in your dream life? Real life? Oh my Is this gosh. an Obi-Wan Kenobi thing? If you strike <laughs> me down, I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> all right. Use dreamstone, Luke. <laughs> all right. Rating out of five Batman comas. Batman comas. Ugh. One. One and a half? I'll be nice. One and a half. <laughs> I don't know if I will go. So we're doing the issue or are we doing the whole event? We're just rating the issue. Okay. So issue, I will pro. it's average two and a half. Yeah, I'm going to say 2.5. I did not dislike it, but it was kind of aggressively mad. <laughs> I told my mom something was average to the max once, and she's like, don't say that. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. So on the website, Sean gave it a 2.5. So even if I had not done that, we would still have an average of 2.25 with a mode of 2.5. All right. Let's move to our next issue. Well, oh, Sorry. Let's not move. Let's move to our overall event feelings. I guess we kind of already did that, though. Do you have any other feelings you want to share about them? Uh, I just... I don't understand why we're moving to another event immediately. Yeah, I mean, the last five pages of the book are Beast World is coming! Bye, yeah, Beast and World! Then, and that's not got me excited for Beast World. I mean, I didn't know what Beast World was going to be. I expected it had something to do with Beast Boy, but now it's like, oh, it's Dr. Hayden and Amanda Waller and the Titans. It's like, oh, wow, that's a recipe for something I am not going to read, so thank you for that. But, bleh. 
She is showing up. I think up. someone on our on our on our staff server said something about like this is gonna be the first Batman trade I don't buy, and it's like, yeah. Well, that was Gotham War, wasn't it? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> she, she, so let me just say, I, I, I don't know why DC continues to push Amanda Waller down our throats, especially in this current iteration where no matter what happens, she's going to find herself on the losing end. I mean, yeah, I just, it, that's I just, been a big thing since the movies, at least. They kept keep making Amanda Waller a very dumb villain, when Amanda Waller is the kind of person who would cleverly maneuver herself to be on the winning side. She'd, like, stay out of it until she figured out who was winning and then join the right side. At least that's how I see her. I, I feel like they've been writing her as a dumb-dumb for a while now. They seem to do that not just in in the comics, but in animation, too. And the movies. She did it in both Suicide Squads and possibly Peacemaker. Okay, I'll, I'll probably be at it for this, but I still have not watched Peacemaker. It's a good yeah. show. You should check it out. I know. It's People keep good. telling me. Everybody I know tells me I need to watch it. And I just, I'm just hard-headed. I mean, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying it's a good show. I think you would enjoy it. Just my final thought on Night Terrors. If, if I gave yes. this final issue... A two and a half, I would probably give the event a three. Specifically speaking of the books we've covered, because I think Batman was really good. I think Detective was pretty bleeping scary. You know, if, if there was anything ever resembling an, a true nightmare, it was Detective. The Robin story Robin was really good. Was really good. Um, so there, there were some good stories that we covered that made that could have made this event worth it. Um, and despite me being correct about Dead Man going home, I just think Nights in just went flat and kind of ruined the overall score that I would give. So, I mean, again, it would probably be a three. I think that's kind of where I am, too. I, I actually was having a really good time for the first three quarters of the event, and this last bit just kind of fell, as Theo says, flat. It's it's not a very exciting conclusion. Because remember, also, the Joker one was pretty good. I liked the Poison Ivy one. I love Poison Ivy Yeah, the Ivy Diamond one. books were actually quite yeah. solid. But Poison and, and Ivy was... No, I was just going to say, Poison Ivy was probably the funniest stuff <laughs> I've seen. G, G Willow Wilson really knocked it out the park. I mean, again, even if the story was bad as from a writing aspect, Batman in cargo shorts just... Thumbs up no matter what. And like, I understand why, because I finished, I, I, I read a lot of comics today. I read about five work, we, weeks worth of Night Terrors comics today. Uh, even though the Nightwing one was whatever, it still contained things that would make a good nightmare. Like, I would say the only ones that I just hated was I didn't even really try to read the Poison Ivy one. Or the, uh, sorry, the Harley Quinn one. And then there was so much talking in the punchline one 
I just like no one's no one's nightmares has that much talking. And if it does, that is the nightmare. It's just meeting. Yeah, the other thing. But, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, so, I mean, all in all, like if we're just going for what was a good nightmare comic, I think, yeah, like you were saying three, maybe even a 3.5 for some of them, like really pretty enjoyable. Um, but like as a, an, an event together, I just didn't see the point. Oh, like, because there wasn't. It been, <laughs> there wasn't a I, point. I just feel like it would have been better as like one night everyone's coming back from a scarecrow fight and they all have nightmares that night and it just, it's just the scarecrow venom leaving their, their bodies. And that would have been good enough for me. I don't know. Nah. Oh, no, it sounds like say. we all had good last thoughts that I should have let <laughs> oh, you say. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the only other thing I was going to say is that the other thing that kind of for those stories that I didn't care about, you know, so punchline was one of them. Um, Joker was okay, but what I think it suffered is what, you know, I mentioned a few times as we covered Night Terrace, was several of the stories were similar as far as what the dream was about. You know, Dick and Joker were both, they both had a Batman that they killed, and they were living in a world without Batman. You know, you know, Dick and Punchline both dealing with some type of rendition of Babs. It's just there should have been more variety in the spinoffs if they really wanted to make it work and it just didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's quite fair. So, moving from event to event, we're going to start Gotham War. And first up, is Gotham War Battle Lines, written by Teeny Howard and Chip Starsky, pencils by Mike Hawthorne. A henchman for Professor Pig and other villains gets home to his daughter, and a cat delivers him an invitation to a better life. Asleep after night terrors, Batman dreams of Zurinar. After eight weeks, he awakens, and Oracle fills him in. Bruce immediately heads out as Batman, finding two low-level villain henchmen robbing a museum with more skill than he expected. The henchman from the opening, Roland, receives training from Catwoman in cat burglary. She heads into her massive training complex in Alleytown as she's notified of Batman's return. She tells her organization to continue, but add with extra caution until she can speak to the Bat family directly. Batman helps Tim Drake Robin to take down Maxi Zeus, and Tim hugs him in relief to see him awake. Bruce has dic- disconnected his comms, so Tim tells him that Catwoman has called a meeting at the Kitty Cat Club. Catwoman explains that she's removed the supervillain's power by giving their hired help a better job, as elite cat burglars who all contribute to charities and are forbidden violence, and demands that her employees be left alone. Batman flatly rejects her, and they viciously attack each other verbally. Batman leaves, the family is confused, and Tim tries to reason with Bruce. But Bruce sees that as Tim siding with Selina. Jason approaches Selina in her training facility, gets in a fight with Selina, Iko, and Dario, but offers to help them against Bruce. 
Batman meets with Commissioner Montoya, and they trade hostilities as Riddler watches them on camera. Roland gets caught by the woman he's robbing, who shoots him in fear. Batman finds him at the scene, and his fury at the death of a single father burns. First question. The Batman family line of books is down to just Batman, Detective Comics, Nightwing, Catwoman, Batman and Robin, and Birds of Prey. Do you feel like they should have kept Batgirls and Tim Drake Robin going so there could be more exploration of how uh, Tim, Steph, and Cass, and Babs reacted to these events? I don't like how they reacted to these events, so I don't care to see more of it. Well, they'd be written by different people. Still, we'd have to stay within the same vein of logic. Like, I don't know if this is something we'll discuss later, but like... The way the Bat family in particular responded baffles me. Like, I can get Selena, bad writing. I can get, <laughs> I can get Bruce. He's literally going insane. The Bat family's response to all of this is inane. I don't understand why any of them would side with any, uh, with either Bruce or Selena. I think they're, ugh. it's, yeah. it's, it's Tom Taylor in, in, um, Superman Jr. writing. Like, it's just simple solutions. And Everyone Nightwing. seems to simple. have taken a huge uh, intelligence, intelligence dump. Yeah. <laughs> they pooped their intelligence out and then started <laughs> their intelligence out. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I have no interest whatsoever in seeing their side of this because I don't agree with their side of this at all. And there's nothing they can say that would sway me otherwise. Of all the things for the Bat family to squabble over, they're going to squabble over the logic of the woman that left their father at the aisle. That's what we're, that's what we're looking at with this. And so and we'll kind of see it when we get to the other two books in the episode, which I am more favorable of. But this is, and I'm sure we'll get to it in Ian's questions. To answer the original question, no. First of all, I don't even consider Birds of Prey a true bat book just yet, just because cast is there but kind of like what Steph mentioned I mean there's just no logic in what the family is saying so why do I want to read more of but God this was the wrong issue to have two writers who are really polar opposites in style (laughs) do together Mm-hmm. It just did not work. Well, that definitely touches on things that I am going to get to. But to answer my own question, I don't see what Tim would offer because Tim actually gets a lot more voice in this issue than a lot of other um, characters because he has that extra two scenes with Batman. So I don't think that it would have been better to see more of him. Additionally, I don't think Fitzmartin would have written it well at all. <laughs> yeah, in, in, uh, perhaps. Perhaps overly salty of me, but I just don't think she would have. It just ma- um, it just makes and see. I think that extra 
stuff of Tim only made him look dumber. And it kind of flows over into Batman as well with the whole, well, it's all in the numbers. Well, the numbers are everything, you dope. Batman is not the kind of guy who is like, calculate, he's not an actuary. He, He looks at people and he sees his parents. He wants to save future Bruce Wayne's and future Thomas and Martha Wayne's. He's not like, oh, I have saved, you know, 53.3% of the mugging victims, and therefore I feel like I'm doing well. That's not how Batman thinks. Mm-hmm. If he sees one burglar, he, he feels he failed. He feels he's failed. Yeah, and one thing I will say, well, okay, no, that gets into the, I have to answer my own question. Okay. Sorry. There's so much to talk about, but oh, yeah. I'm trying to be back somewhat to Tim, disciplined. Back to Tim Drake. Go ahead. Well, Tim Drake, no. I don't think they should have kept that going. I don't think that title should have been greenlit in the first place. Um, as a Batgirls fan, I wish they'd kept it because I wish they had had an arc where Clue Master joined Selina and Steph and Cass had to deal with that. I thought that would have been really interesting. But obviously they can't do that because they canceled the book. But I think that no one, Tim Drake, yes on Batgirls, because I would have liked to see that. Because I think it, I think it could have tied in in a clever way to what's going on. You I just wanted to see Tim more Drake stuff. I mean, yes, I do want to see more stuff. I always, always want to see more stuff. <laughs> and do not get it twisted. I bought Batman number one thirty-seven and the Joker, the Man Who Stopped Laughing, number ten. Because Stephanie Brown appeared on each of them in about three pages, but those three pages were enough. <laughs> I did not buy this issue. This issue was absolute trash. So I did not buy it, even though Steph is in it. But let's move to the next question. The art. Mike Hawthorne is oh. back after doing the Batman of Gotham. What did you think? Oh my gosh. Selena looks like... I don't even know that I've seen a monster in a movie that looks scarier than (laughs) Selina looks in this comic. Like, this is ridiculous. She looked mannish. No, no, no. I've never seen a man this ugly before. (laughs) She's never seen a man look this terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And she she has a different shaped face in every single panel. I just, I can't. There was a lot of inconsistency, for sure. Did did anyone wonder if it would have been better if Howard Porter was drawing it? A little bit, a little bit. Oh, uh, oh! Why do you put me between the Scylla and Charybdis? Damian Wayne looked like friggin' Chris O'Donnell from Batman and Robin. <laughs> Damian looked like he was twenty five. Like he could write a whole billboard on his face. <sighs> it was. It was. I would just say it was not the nicest thing I can say is that it was not good, and I say that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> It was a letdown, and I will say a huge part of why I am much more favorably inclined towards Batman is because it's drawn by Jorge Jimenez. So, who, who did the colors? For, did he do the colors for this as well? Uh, blah, 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 blah. sorry, I didn't get credits on colors. You, yeah, let me see where it is. There's a scene where Batman's talking to Montoya, where he for a second I was like, when did Jace Fox? become Batman again. Oh, it's Romulo Fajardo Jr. <laughs> he made Batman look black in that panel. Like, <sighs> Oh my goodness. It's just, uh, 
I am hoping that the Outsiders book means that we don't have to deal with Jace for a year. There is, there is a reason why. There is reason why the interwebs are in an uproar over this issue, and unfortunately, it it rolls over into Batman. Again, is it great? No, but it's definitely not Battle Battle Lines. Battle Lines is an enormously it, it is a is a bad choice to start this event with this. This should have gotten four or five extra dialogue and structural passes because it's not well done on any no. level. No. And, and and I will also say it is not good writing when you can tell the pages Chip Zdowski writes. And the page is teeny how it writes because it's clear as night and day. And I mean, we make the same similar, we make the same statement when we talk about the art, you know, when there's multiple artists, you know, that that's not doing, you know, flashback pages or something of that nature. It is not a good look when you can tell, uh, yep, that's, that's teeny how it, God, this is bad. Uh, it, it just it just destroys the whole story. That whole frickin' meeting in the kitty cat scene was obviously T.D. Howard. It was so bad. All right, but let's get to the ideas. What do you think about the quote-unquote sides of Batman versus Catwoman, about their ideas? Let's not talk about, like, their emotional things. Let's talk about the ideas. Catwoman's idea is that you can make Gotham a better place by paying criminals to become cat burglars and performing rudimentary socialism by having them all pay to charity. And then Batman's like, no, no crime. So, I mean, if you're going to make me like, quote unquote, pick a side, I'll pick Batman's side. But I think they're both dumb. I think they're both wrong. Like, obviously, if Batman is taking burglars who are adhering to a don't hurt people code and beating the crap out of them that is not the punishment fitting the crime at all that is not a batman thing to do especially if he's on his moral high horse of this is a single father and he's just trying to take care of his kid but he's doing it the wrong way well then don't beat the crap out of people okay so i didn't like that and obviously chip sadarkiski is very cleverly writing him as going crazy he's got he's got Zuranar whispering in his ear and he's making bad choices and you're not really supposed to agree with Batman and no one does agree with Batman Selena yeah oversimplistic we talked and I were talking about this before before we got on is like this is not how you build a stable economy you can't have every former henchman and I guess also small-time criminal, if crime has gone down 75%, robbing the rich. Like, that's (laughs) that's not how you create a stable economy. You need to be creating jobs. You need to be giving people work. You need to be giving them health insurance. You need to, you know, all these things. Having 75% of your criminals now robbing one demographic is not going to solve your problems and especially not going to solve them long-term, even if it's solving it short-term, it's not going to solve it long-term. It's like people who 
want to legalize prostitution. It's like but, you're gonna just open the door to a bunch but of. But you don't. But you don't even need to go. You don't even go. You don't even need to go that far, Steph. She's proven wrong by the end of the issue. Yeah. Simply yeah. because she doesn't take into the concept. She doesn't take in, into consideration the concept of those people she's sending her folks after fighting back. Yep. Which is exactly what accidents ha- or whatever. Yeah. It, well, it, I would it, like to I would like to hearken back two years to a certain arc that we were all enjoying called The Neighborhood by Mariko Tamaki. We miss you, Mariko. Um We really do. There was a there was a character named Mr. Worth. <laughs> Imagine Mr. Worth notices, you know, there's a lot less crime, but also my jewels keep getting ripped off going on would mr worth be like oh well i guess there's less crime i will just eat this jewels getting robbed thing it's all okay. right it off with my insurance company greater good you'll yeah. buy a bazooka you'll <laughs> buy a bazooka and blow up several buildings yeah. this is and and even if we don't have the over-the-top reaction of mr worth these are rich people they will start hiring armed security mm-hmm. to shoot people mm-hmm mm-hmm for sure. I can't believe that they, they expect us to believe that this has worked for eight weeks. Two yeah. months. Yeah. I would buy it if it worked for two weeks. I think that is a reasonable thing for them to say, this has worked for two weeks. But eight weeks of 75% crime reduction and no rich person has fought back. This is asinine. Yeah. And then there's the third side, which is the Bat family, who's like, well, I guess Selena kind of has a point. As they're sitting there without their masks on, might I say. And then the rest of the the rest of the run, the, the, the issues that we get to see, everyone's just calling themselves by their first name. They're just calling each other Bruce and Jason, and Jason's not wearing a mask around all the criminals. And it's, it's like, what? Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to keep quiet on that because I, I, I got to respect Steph Virgin Ears, cause Virgin uh, Ears <laughs> and our listeners, Virgin Ears and eyes. I, it, it, I, I said it. I said it in in the at least I think I did in the staff's Discord. There's just the concept of secret identities means absolutely nothing in in. DC and comics in general, at least with the the big two, and I, I don't know. And and apparently, in Superman, they've gone back and all of a sudden wiped everyone's memory, and so only a few folks know that Clark is Superman again. And I'm just like, well, what the hell? You know, for how long? And then we get to well, but see, Superman is actually getting good writing right now. Oh, it is good. I, I've enjoyed it because it's good, Joshua Williamson. But it, exactly. It, 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 <laughs> but then we get here to Gotham War, and yeah, um, Marquise is at the club with with Selena, and she's just looking at everybody walking in, and the only one who doesn't take his mask off is Bruce. Yet everybody else is just hey. Mm-hmm. But just, they call like them it, Bruce and Damien. I'm just like, what you. is wrong with yeah. you? I can, this is I can literally enemy territory. And and I will only say, this will not be the only issue. Crap like this happens. <laughs> yes, it's just it's just dumb. 
And then she screamed. Okay, this is totally unrelated to like the plot. This is just Teenie Howard taking something and making it. Are we talking dumber. about the marriage thing? Yes, we're talking. Is that one of your questions? <laughs> it's not a question, but I want to talk about it. Okay, okay, listen. So this is what she says. All right, this is quoting Catwoman in the show. Okay, we never got married because Gotham needed a Batman. Guess who said that? She said that. She's the one that dumped him. Like Theo said, she's the one that left. And then she's yelling at him. <laughs> and remember, at the end of Go- uh, of City of Bane, Tom King said, I choose her and I choose the mission. This wait, is- wait, wait. And didn't somebody, who, who was that who posted on Twitter the, the, the actual pages from that you know the 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 proposed ending where i wonder if it was uh donovan was that i can't remember who it was that posted it but it, i mean basically bruce said you know i choose her i choose my family and i choose to be batman and i can do all of that and that but that whole i mean the family was there for no apparent reason because it was basically a pissing match between Bruce and Selena. Selena just comes off as a unhinged maniacal moron. Yeah, and I mean, you you said it nicely that I was going to have a couple of bleeps, but (laughs) it's just, I just like I said, you could easily tell who wrote what. And, you know, I've made the slip up of knowing, well, I, I made the slip up of reading an issue or two of Catwoman because Ian took too long to say something. But I, even, I repent. Even if I had not, I could have easily known that there's no way that those panels were written by Chip Zdowski. I mean, it is seriously one. It is seriously one of the worst sequence of pages I've read in quite a while. And it just, it, it made every single person on those pages with the exception of Marquise, who literally said nothing after Selena told her to shut up, (laughs) look like an idiot. Everyone looks so dumb. I wasn't kidding when I said everyone pooped their intelligence out. And we and we and when we, and when we say they look dumb, we don't mean just the drawing, which also looked dumb. Which also looked dumb. The drawing oh, made them look dumber. Last question for this dreadful issue: Why do you think Commissioner Montoya is so hostile to Batman? I mean, Renee has always been more of a pro-Batman person. Yeah. That must be Tina Howard writing because well she's like, been this way. No, go ahead. She's she's like you know crime's down. We must be doing something right. It's like it. Okay, look, you have to make changes for things to change. So if they're not really changing how they're doing things, but suddenly it's working, obviously it's not the Gotham PD that's made the changes. I don't know. It's, it's stupid. I mean, she's been this way since the whole Nakano saga which i haven't heard from him in a while is he still around is he still mayor but i I don't know that's a good point come back marika we need you but i will appreciate 
if there is any type of appreciation in that, that Bruce pushed back. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Cause usually, you know, he, he does one of his disappearing acts and, you know, he'll gripe in, in solitude, but this time he actually pushed back. And I think, I think she deserved that pushback. And I appreciate again, if there was an upside that they showed him pushing back. And that was definitely Chip Zdowski right now. <laughs> I am just Please irritated. Your brain. <laughs> I'm just irritated that they're making Renee, who is a very cool character into an idiot, like everyone else in this comic. Yeah. To be fair, she hasn't she hasn't looked all that smart since being named commissioner. With the exception Why of Why do you have to write her as a stupid person? Again, there's just some exceptions, like, you know, she was pretty strong in the blue wall, but that was by design. But I mean in the pages of Detective, you got Jim Gordon telling her, hey, you, you slipping up and you need to get your ish to grit together, um, you know, and doing his own thing. She just, ever since being named commissioner, she hasn't looked great. I mean, she probably looked best when she went to New York to hang out with Jace for that issue or two. But why can't we have Renee? Here's the thing. I think Renee's an awesome character. I, I like her. Why does she have to be the incompetent idiot who's the commissioner? They could, I don't want Harvey to be it, but he'd be better because he does screw up or he could be drunk at the time. But Harvey's an independent right now. I know, I know, I know. But he doesn't have to be. These are all writing choices they could have made. Or they could have a new person. There's so many cops. They could resurrect Bill Pettit and have him be commissioner. I wonder if this is somehow a setup to... And I hope I hope I am wrong because I too think that either Renee or Harvey could be great as commissioner. But I surely hope that this is not the long game for Jim Gordon going back. Oh, I'm sure that he will go back. It's just I don't know, it, there's just so many better ways to do it without character assassination. As James Tynan said. In the next 10 years, Renee, uh, Jim Gordon will be commissioner and Alfred will be alive again. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be probably towards the end of that 10 years. Let us rate this Do we pile of trash. Do we have to? Out of five Batman Catwoman slap fights. Oh, golly. Well, five. Five <laughs> slap fights for sure. Oh, man. No, quality. Quality wise. <sighs> Hey, Theo, are we allowed to go negative? (laughs) (laughs) 0.5. 0.5. I think that's the lowest I've ever given a book. So mad. (laughs) I will give this... I'll give it a one. I will be... I, I will be as honorable as I can as... You know what? As honorable as I can as editor in chief of this of this site, one point five. I have to be the high score. Zero. <laughs> Zero. This yes. is trash. Everyone acts stupid for no good reason, except Batman. And the Batman parts are the best. He's part. acting but stupid for a good reason. 
this is awful. This is art and writing is awful. Scott gave it a 2.9. He almost gave it a 3. Yeah. Scott on the website gave it a 2.9, which brings our average to a 1.23. Oh, God, that's terrible. That's Man. pretty this damn. This is not good, guys. That's pretty it's damn not. terrible. It, well, you know what? To be fair, most of, most of the fans already know it because if you've, if you've visited. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, if you you're know. On Twitter and Reddit have been livid about this issue. And, it and in is, my opinion, quite justifiably so. They are absolutely correct. And, you know, not to spoil the next two books we're going to read, but I feel like this exact premise, or maybe some, some tweaking, some tweaking, this premise with some tweaking could have been fine. It would have been fine. With one author. Would we have looked forward to having another event immediately after the last one? No, of course not. No. Do I want to see Batman and Catwoman fighting? No, of course not. Do I want to see Zoranar? No, of course not. But it would have been tolerable. But this first kickoff issue is... It's the worst that. possible way to yeah, set this up. It really was. I will blame Tignyha, but that's all I can do. And I know it's I'm not... Right I, there with you. And I know it's not 100% her. But, no. But... But Chip went along with it. But, again, when you can tell who wrote what page better yet who wrote which panel that's <laughs> not a good sign and i say that as someone who recognizes teeny howard's penmanship not for what she's been doing at dc because i have been i have been quite strong in staying away as much as possible but from her history at marvel where I've seen her with character assassination of some of my most beloved Marvel characters. And it's just, I do not get it. She does not have a grasp on the characters she, she writes. She, she, she makes Selena look like Ian has said from the start, a blubbering idiot. Well, guess what? In the pages of Excalibur, she made Rogue and Gamut look exactly the same damn way. And I don't I don't know why someone in editorial didn't see this. There is a pattern to the badness in what and how she writes. And usually I do not get this critical of of creators because of my respect for the industry. But when you are this bad and I have no problem saying Ian fussed at me a few times because I have no problems calling out creators. But mm -hmm. when you are this bad, you deserve every bit of criticism that the industry or its fans give you. Catwoman is terribly bad. I stopped collecting it because of Teeny Howard. This story is terribly bad. And as long as I have been collecting Batman comics since the age of nine, if she ever picks up a pen to write either Detective or Batman, I will be discontinuing that from my pull list. 
that is how bad Teeny Howard is as a writer. And I don't know who she has pictures of that allows her to continue to write stories as bad as she does. And the numbers have to show that the fans don't get it. They don't like it. Catwoman is not high up in the sale charts. DC has to see this. And yet they continue to force this on us. And I just do not get it. So for all of you Teeny Howard haters out there, I get it. I feel you. I absolutely agree with you. And the only thing that I can advise is to protest with your pocketbook. I've done my part. I cannot, I just cannot trust this writer with the stories that she tells. And I know I'm not the only one. And I just, I do not get it. I don't get it at all. And it's, it's, it's not fair to the fans who do spend their hard earned money to get this. And now I'm getting off my soapbox. <laughs> I co-signed everything Theo just said. Please do not buy Catwoman. Or Harley. And, and, and again, I'm not Sorry, a Harley fan. Harley. I'm not a Harley fan at all. But by God, if I was, the day they announced she was writing it, I would have dropped it. Harley fans deserve better than Teeny Howard. Catwoman fans definitely deserve better than Teeny Howard. And they had it. It's it's so frustrating to look at Ram V's run, and then it's like dropping off a cliff onto the Teeny Howard run. Ugh. Hey, you got a second? The Batman universe is looking for Batman fans with something to say. If you're interested in writing reviews of your favorite Batman books, or you want to contribute original content with articles like the top 10 forgotten Batman villains, or why dead Didio's exit from DC was the worst thing to ever happen, then we want to invite you to join our TVU staff family as a writer. Just reach out to our email, tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. It's that easy. And honestly, there's no reason not to. You get exclusive access to our TBU staff Discord server, you get early access to comics, and you meet a lot of cool people. What are you waiting for? Email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. Okay. We have rated the opening. Let us move to Batman number 137. Which is technically part two. Yes, Gotham War part two of six. Batman number 137. Gotham War part two. Written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jorge Jimenez. Ah. Batman stops many of Catwoman's burglars, leading to Selina and her top lieutenant, Marquise, to call in Jason. Tim confronts Batman, and Batman says it's all his way or jail for everyone, including his family. Dick, Babs, Steph, Tim, and Jason all discuss the issue on comms, with Jason being most openly opposed to Batman. While the rest of the family is disturbed that Selina's plan seems to be working, and Batman's brutal reaction. 
Meanwhile, Gotham's super villains meet Mad Hatter, Professor Pig, Ventriloquist, Firefly, Black Mask, Scarecrow, Calendar Man, and Two Face to plan their own campaign against Catwoman. Jason tries to set up a trap for Batman, but Batman attacks Marquise at Selena's base instead. Jason rushes to help Catwoman's forces, and Oracle sends the whole family. Batman takes them all down using his skills and his new multiversal robot hand, but Jason and Dick almost take him down together until Damien arrives and helps Batman escape. Selena sends late. Selena sends Lady Clayface to rescue her people from jail after Batman's attack and rages at his actions. She breaks her cell phone, which is a very mature action. At the Brownstone, Bruce receives a notification that Wayne Manor has been acquired. Batman races to the manor only to find Vandal Savage in the cave, addressing Batman as Bruce Wayne. So, uh, a brief continuity question. What in the world is Two-Face doing here? After all he's doing in Detective Comics. There was a few things. Two-Face, um, which, which issue does, does Killer Croc end up in? He's in some, he's one of, he's in one of these three issues. And I was like, wasn't he helping? He's in Batman and Robin, I think. He's in Batman and Robin. Yeah. But like, he was helping the artist formerly known as Shoes in Detective Comics. Why is he, I don't know, whatever. And then there was a third person. But there was like three people. Maybe it wasn't Clayface. No. But anyway, there was three people. Well, yeah, Lady Clayface. I mean, Lady Clayface, too. I mean, if you go back to Gotham City Monsters, not just Gotham City Monsters, but as late as. uh, Arctic Tower. No, yeah. um, Shadow of the Bat. I mean, she's helping them. I I mentioned this. I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to jump too much into our next book, but I kind of mentioned this in my review of Batman and Robin. It just, it, it just baffles me how they just seem to, they just seem to throw these redemption stories out of the window. And mm-hmm. a lot of these redemption stories are really good and really need to be expanded on, but it seems like they get to a certain point and it just like, there's some other person. I forget who it was. But yeah, some third person that was like, wait a minute. Aren't they nice now? Like, what the heck? Orker. But that was, in, that was in Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. That who? made me sad. I like Orca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that was it. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, it was someone. But I was like, meh. Yeah, because Orca, wasn't that the whole... Wasn't that... Because... Well, Orca... Orca... Croc and Lady Clayface were all in the Steve Orlando miniseries, Gotham City Monsters, where they oh. basically stopped the demon from destroying Gotham, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they, they all Which had... I actually like. I did. I, I covered that. it. I covered it for the site. I mean, it, it was a good redemption story. And then Well, Clay... I should say, I've been complaining about Steve Orlando on the server, so I want to take that back a little bit. Gotham City Monsters is a good story. Steve Orlando did a good story there. Yeah, I, 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 there's no, there's not a, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it, they did the same thing with Basil, you know. Yeah. The, the well, redemption story. To be they, fair, to be fair, Basil's regression to being a villain again was built into what James Tynan did. He said that as long 
as he kept going back to being Clayface, his conscience would degrade again. Mm. Still, that sounds like a cheap excuse. I mean, Tynan was definitely writing it away so he could put the toys back in the boxes. But <laughs> the thing about it is, Clayface's redemption stuck for a long time because Tom King used him two years later as a good guy in City of Bane. And there was there was something... Someone else used Clayface as a good guy. I thought... Maybe it was Tom King and Batman Catwoman. Maybe what, Tom King is just the only person who remembers what, that Clayface was a good guy. Was he used in Was he used in uh, Shadows of the Bat? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. But anyway, meow. I mean, but in, in Lady Clayface, she had much of a redemption story in the neighborhood as well. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't I, I don't understand. I mean, it's she's just, not technically a bad guy here. She's just working for Catwoman. Okay. Yeah, but Two Face is working with Roman Sionis. Right. That's that's why that's, that's why I asked specifically about yeah. Two Face because Two Face he's he's still very dark right now in Detective Comics and is one of the better parts of Detective Comics right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But him just showing up as random mob boss, I understand they want Two Face is a name villain. He's very recognizable. They want him for sales. They want him for fans to be like, oh, I know Two Face. He's a bad guy. Yay. This is bad editing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. When, like, I don't know, like, I don't know when Detective Comics and Batman are happening. We also really don't know that. That's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, but, like, having two books that we don't know when they ha- coincide with each other. And having a key player in one of the books be a semi-good guy torn in one and be sitting, sit, sitting with, seemingly an outright villain in the other. Yeah, sitting with Professor Pig and... Yeah, and, that's gross. As sloppy. Editorial should have said no. Yeah. So, is that the book editor or the group editor? Who's at fault? In my opinion, the buck needs to stop at the group editor. But there's plenty of blame to go around. <laughs> Next question. Uh, let's take a little bit of time to gush about Jorge Jimenez after oh, yes. having to endure Mike Hawthorne stuff. Let me just say something that that I read somewhere, if I can. Let me just say that if Lady Clayface in her morphing stage looks more attractive as a woman than Catwoman did at all in the previous <laughs> book, <laughs> that's saying something about the art. <laughs> well, also, Jorge Jimenez is just, he is one of my like top five artists of all time at this point. Someone succinctly said, clone Jorge Jimenez and <laughs> Temu Mori. I don't know who said it, but they're absolutely right. Those two are just so good together as a creative team. For sure. It doesn't matter who's writing. They, those two on, on pencils and colors are just chef's kiss. Well, they've done two Batman runs now. First with James Tynan and now with Chip Zdarsky. And both times, the art has been jaw-dropping. And I, I love them. I am upfront. I love Jorge. I've loved him for 10 years and I'm not going to stop anytime soon. 
I was a little salty that shirtless dick looks so good. And Jason looks so good. And at the very end, like, quote-unquote hungover Bruce looks a little, I don't know, scruffy. <laughs> but he's going insane. A little extra scruffy. I guess. I guess. But you can't have bat ro- bathrobe Bruce and I don't know. So, so let me ask this I question. Think, I, I think Steph has been ruined by Dan Moore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she really. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Going back to Gerald House Bruce. Oh, Honey Bruce. I love Honey Bruce. Gerald House Honey Bruce Bruce. and then uh, Glib Melenkoff and Hippie, Hippie Roz. Hippie Roz. Guru Roz. <laughs> but the- uh, we have been blessed with a lot of good comics. I wish we were being blessed right now. Let, let, yeah. let me let, let me ask this question: How much lore? How much lore can Chip bring Bruce? I mean, he's he's really, you know, chopping him down. Now he's lost his home again. Identities be damned, you know. Vandal Savage is saying, hey, you, 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 you are obviously Bruce Wayne. Come on now. How much are you going to chop this man down? Is Vandal Savage always like, ha 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 evil, or is he just fairly conniving? Yes. Cause like, he's usually pretty mustached, whirling. Oh. He, he's not a good person, and he's pretty upfront about it. As much as Chip Siderky, Sidarsky rewrote Batman's origin sort of his training anyway i don't know i feel like he could do something creative with vandal savage because vandal savage is very one-dimensional i don't know maybe they could do a team up or something i don't know batman's losing his mind maybe (laughs) Maybe he's like i need a friend will vandal savage be my friend (laughs) vandal savage has always been pretty one-dimensional i've read him in many comics and he always kind of seems like this I think he'll do an awesome job doing a, an origin type story for Vando. You know how you know again breaks him down from this one dimensional character who goes, you know, or not who's not insane, but you know is non intellectual, seeing that he's a caveman, and then build him up to somewhat of the character we see today. At some point, he has to stop breaking Bruce down. We, we, not the man. Well, here's here's my opinion. Why take the man? I think that this arc and the next arc. Next arc is called Mind Bomb, and it is a Batman versus the Joker story. And my guess is that these are our Empire Strikes Back of Zdarsky's run. It's where Bruce gets broken down the most, and is at his lowest. And I don't... I do not disagree with the idea. I mean, this is basically the point in the run where Catwoman leaves Batman at the Outer for uh, Tom King's run. Or it is um, the point in the run where Batman gets killed by the Joker and then wakes up as Lumberjack Bruce in Scott Snyder's run. (laughs) Lumberjack Bruce. Now, unfortunately, Grant Morrison's run ends with Batman at his lowest. So that's a weird one, and I don't like it, because Grant Morrison's run ends with Damien dead, Talia dead. 
himself grievously injured, his family in shambles, his company in shambles, his organization Batman Incorporated in shambles. So that's the lowest point of, Bat- of Grant Morrison's Batman run, and it ends there. This is for people who know I don't like Grant Morrison. That's partly why. I hate it when you end a story with everything just crumbled. Partly because it doesn't feel like Batman deserves it. It did not feel like Batman deserved to have Damien die or deserved to have Talia be so crazy. Hold, hold up. I'm sorry. Damien had to die. I, 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 he did, it, but it didn't he, have to be at the end of the run. He, nah, he could have come back before. No, nah, he needed to die. And if and if that run would have ended without Damien dying, DC would have known about it because I might have gotten arrested because... Again, they, today Damien's my absolute favorite Robin, but doing Morrison's run, that little bastard needed to go. He Morrison Damien is a is really hard to take. He, he if I paid if I had to pay a lot of money to see Jason Todd die, I probably <laughs> I probably would have been willing to pay twice as much to kill to kill Damien. <laughs> Is this adjusted for inflation or not? Oh, adjusted. Oh, I, Damien needed to die. He he had to go. I mean, and again, it all began when he tried to kill Tim. And I say this as the least Tim fan of the three. But I mean, it just all went downhill. He had to die. So. I have no quips about that happening. So you take that back. Damien I take had, nothing back. <laughs> that Damien had to go. He had to go, but I think he should have died earlier and come back by the end. I would like to ask the final question about this issue, which is the page of the Bat family standing up against Bruce, uh, was leaked almost certainly by a DC employee. (laughs) And the internet predictably went wild. However, in context, I think that the situation is not the same as the Bat family joining Selina. Would you agree or no? Someone agrees. (laughs) I know, right? What do you think? I think... Right. So they're just, they're not full on like supporting Selena. They're stepping back and saying, what should we do? So they're just really sitting on the fence and not doing one thing one way or another, really. Although that does kind of mean they're agreeing to Selena's terms, which is don't mess with my people. But I think they, they do see maybe more of, I think the confrontation is probably more of seeing Batman be unhinged rather than defending Selena's whatever. Yeah, I I don't know if I totally agree, and, and and I'm only going to use their words to back me up. Barbara says, "I'd be willing to give Selena a hand if she asks us for help." Stephanie talking about the thief that she saw, and she didn't stop him. It's obvious that they've chosen the side with the last person choosing the side being Tim, you know, and and 
that's only because Bruce specifically says you still sitting on the fence. So it's obvious that they chose a side and Jason absolutely mm-hmm. chose his side, which virgin ears. <laughs> Don't so, spoil things for listeners. Not, I'm not spoiling things. That's why I just say virgin ears. But more to come. Yeah, just more to come. I, I said that the other day because people. So apparently, I think it was Uncle Rich's favorite site or Uncle Rich's site was showing off some pages and that guy needs to stop. And Reddit was going crazy about it. And all I could say was, "Don't worry about it. It'll be all right." And I think it was one of the preview pages of uh, the Red Hood story that's coming out and you know they're just going ballistic because you know one of the things that they kept you know one of the rumors that were coming out was that Jason and Selena were going to do something and then this panel leaked from Uncle Rich and they're just uh, like just just take it easy calm down wait for the story It'll be all right. And that's all I'm going to say. But I, I, I don't think, I don't think they're on the fence, not even Tim anymore, since he too is joined in the fight. I, I think they've chosen their sides, just as Damien has chosen to stick with his pops. He is truly Bruce's son because his, his, mindset and his thinking is exactly that of his father you know but do you think this confrontation from this panel of the bat family approaching bruce in particular is them side because they've sided with catwoman or because they think batman's losing his mind oh i think they've again i i, I think they sided with catwoman yes but like i don't know like there's a difference between they're approaching him because they're like you need to stop picking on selena and her people and bruce I think you've gone a little crazy. <laughs> like, yes, they sided with her. I agree with you on that. But is there confrontation with him because they sided with her or because they're worried about him? Oh, I think it's because they've sided with her. Again, it's him and Jason because he's already he's already Jason is 100% fighting because he's on Selena's side. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. He, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you know, he's already taken out Catwoman's people, so it's him and Jason, and he's basically about to hand Jason his ass again, a la Red Hood number 25. And they show up, you know, as basically backup, you know, you know, Bruce, stop. Uh, no, okay, time to fight. You know, it's, it's almost like they asked for this, because they, they knew who their father is. And they had to have known from the meeting where Bruce Wayne was going to fall in this. They had to have known that Bruce was never going to side with what Selena was proposing. Even if he was even if he wasn't going crazy as Chip is now. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Him. That's I think that's one reason that this the whole scene upsets me with how angry Selena gets. It's like, are you serious? You you seriously thought that this little speech thing was enough to convince Batman that 
You're right. Criminals do have the best intentions when it comes to society. It's like, no. Yeah. I mean, she had to have, again, any, anyone who have read Batman and have read Catwoman sans Teeny Howard had to have known that a reasonably written Selena would have never believed this would have worked with the man she loved. Quite apart from the fact that her plan just won't work, period. Yeah. Yeah. As this issue shows with the super criminals teaming up against Catwoman, like that was inevitable. And again, the one of the most asinine parts of this whole story is they had eight weeks where nobody did anything. I'm just that's so stupid. Again, if you just cut that down to two weeks, it would be fine. So I, I actually am going to disagree with both of you. I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of the Bat family picking a side, and I would say that they are, they are not choosing to stand against Catwoman, but they don't stand against Batman until he's saying things like, "Should I kill you too, Jason?" And I think that it's that level of just over-the-top insane violence. And I use the word insane because he is going insane with Zuranar. That, I think, is why they stand up. It's not that they're going to join Selina and start robbing and just, or, or start acting as, like, bodyguards to her her criminals. They are concerned for Batman. That's what I think. And I, I want to, I owe this insight to uh, someone who actually sometimes listens, uh, a guy named Magister P, um, wrote a really great post on both Twitter and Reddit and uh, League of Comic Geeks. And I've had a lot of good conversations with him over the last week. So I really, I want to shout out to Magister P. Thanks for your insights. And I think you're spot on on the way you write, you're reading this. So I think there's a ton more nuance in characterization and dramatic setup in this issue than there was in battle lines. I, I just think Chip did a lot more careful work with what was going Without on. How question. Yeah. That's kind of why I said like in the right hands, I think any crappy plot can be made tolerable. <laughs> I'm not convinced identity crisis, but anyways, most of them. Um, and the fact that Chip and Teeny Howard were working on this, obviously he had something planned out and thought out. Um, just wish Teeny had worked on it just as hard. But anyway, yeah, no, I think that's that's the that's the stance I'm more on. Is is yes, they might agree with Selena and they're kind of going along with her thing, but they're not attacking Batman because of Selena. They're attacking Batman because they love Batman and he's obviously losing it. And it makes me wonder if Damien is staying out of sense of loyalty to Bruce. Or if he's like, look, if he's really losing it, he needs allies to keep an eye on him. So I wonder what Damien's motivation is for staying close to his father. And I I, I don't know if I totally agree with the notion that Batman is going crazy. Yes, Zornar is in his head. But Zornar has been in his head since Grant Morrison. You know, so... I don't necessarily think he's going crazy. 
For me, it's I, his overacting. I, I or think. Or his overreacting. That's what's making me worry about him. Well, the big thing is that he hasn't let Zura now out since R.I.P. until Failsafe. So he's had a lid, but once he let Zuranar out when he was fighting Failsafe, he's losing control. But he had the rationale for letting Zuranar out during Failsafe. I, I, I agree. I just think that there is a notable difference between how Batman is acting now and most of the time. There's sometimes, you- like in Bruce Wayne Murderer or parts of war games where he's acted this irrationally but not usually and did you notice like anytime Zoranar shows up in bruce's mind he's free and then bruce says something like oh but you're locked up i've got you behind a cage and then he's like oh yeah totally and and then you see him behind the bars but there you never see him behind the bars until bruce mentions but you've i've got you under control yeah i think that's an illusion yeah i think Zoranar is more in control than bruce realizes yeah. Well, and the the last line is "We fight crime," and it's in the Zuranar blue lettering. Mm. So I think Zuranar is taking more and more control of Bruce mm. when he's not aware of it. And I think we would agree that Zuranar is kind of crazy. Yeah. Maybe. Just a touch. All right. Just a out touch. of. <laughs> just a touch. Out of five. Batman hand glass cla- gas clouds. So he shoots gas out of his new robot hand. Out of five of those hands, what do we give Batman number 137? Hmm. I'll give this one a three. Above average, the heart is fabulous. It's setting up a Damien and Robin, or a Robin and Batman book, which I'm so excited about. Uh, and I think I can get more behind everyone's motivation in this one. Obviously, Selena doesn't really make sense still, but overall, I'm this. I'm I'm less angered. <laughs> so three. So I gave it a. 3.9 on the site in my review, but let me give you my breakdown. The writing was scored at a 3, but the art and the colors was at a 4.5 and a 4, respectively, which gave it the high score that it received. So, again, just clone Jorge and Temu and just have them do Batman's forever and you know we'll always have scores such like this such as this no matter how bad the writing is however if you get you put Tiny Howard don't, on don't this invite book, DC to do that you put Tiny Howard on this book and we're gonna have some major problems so, I gave this a 3.5 um, overall I just think that the combination of art and significantly better writing I am curious what I would think if I hadn't read this after reading Battle Lines, but I did. So it's much better than it would be maybe if I read it by itself. But even by (laughs) itself, it has a lot of interesting stuff going on. That gives us an average of 3.47. Okay, our last issue is Batman and Robin number one. Batman and Robin number one. Written by Joshua Williamson with art. And colors by 
Simone DeMeo. So our story picks up after the events of Night Terrors, but during the event of Gotham War. And Bruce and Robin are doing their thing, fighting crime in there after White Rabbit, who's taken hostages aboard a Zeppelin. And so Bruce and Damien go in, they rescue the hostages, and after taking everyone down, they fist bump before heading home. And once they are at the brownstone, you know, Bruce begins to lay down some ground rules as he walked Damien to his room. And the next morning, he finds his son cooking breakfast for him. And Damien clearly has parts of Alfred rubbed off on him as he cooks breakfast and kindly teaches his father the proper way a gentleman is to make tea. But as Bruce speaks about enrolling Damien into school, public school for that, uh, Damien is still trying to work the case. And so they put off the idea of Damien going to school to look at the case that Damien has deduced is not tied to Catwoman. It seems like her efforts to quell crime isn't totally working because of some smashing grabs that have been going on that seems to be tied to one person. And so they agree that once the sun sets, they'll suit up and head out. But Bruce says, you can't drive the Batmobile. And Damien says, well, I don't want to drive the Batmobile because I have my own car now. And he <laughs> and dad roll out in the Robinmobile and head on out only to find out that Croc and Orca have gone out and they're now attacking uh, this guy who was actually on the Zeppelin as well. And they deduced that uh, Red, um, that White Rabbit as well as Croc and the others are probably working for the same person. So, as they get there, they fight uh, Croc and they fight Orca and they fight Man Bat and they fight some other goons who are wearing animal masks only to find out that they are mutated. They actually uh, have these heads of these animals. So one was a fox, another was a shark, and they're actually walking around with fox heads and shark heads. But Little do they know that they're being watched from afar. And the guy who, at the very beginning of the issue, who is dissecting birds, he is watching Bruce and Damien. And he shoots Bruce with this pellet as he chases after Man Bat. But this pellet doesn't really hurt Bruce. It weakens him. Uh, but... It also acts as some sort of pheromone. And as the issue ends, Bruce and Damien sees a swarm of bats heading their way. And these bats attack Batman. To be 
that's who the other person was, Man Bat, because he was part of, he was part of Task Force Z, Z, depending on where you're from, because he was dead, because he was a zombie. But anyway, I think they cured all those guys. Did at the they? End. Okay. I think so. Well, there was a lot of people to be dead. But anyway, that's just who I was thinking of. When I was yes. thinking of my list of, of people that I was like, wait a minute. Okay, okay, okay. So first question. When do you think this happens in relation to Gotham War? During or after? During. Oh, it's during. It's, it's yeah. during God. It's after the fight. In 137. Uh-huh. Agreed. But why do you say during and not after? Because, because they're at the brownstone. They're just getting to the brownstone. Yeah, and and there's that one scene. Let me get to the page where Damien basically says, as he's looking over what he found out, that your ex-lover might have control of the henchmen and criminal enterprises of Gotham, but she can't tackle everything. So apparently, this is all still going on. There's no. Editor's note, though, saying that. That's what's confusing. <laughs> I was desperately looking for an editor's note in the last three issues of just anything to help. But no, nothing. Because I think that this is after. And I think that because it seems like it's settled into a status quo, which during Gotham War wouldn't be the case in my reading of it. But it's not. So in another page... Um, you know, when they're walking into the brownstone, Bruce says to him, because of everything going on with Selena, it's just us here for a bit. I mean, the we are fairly certain that the Bat family is going to all leave at the end of Gotham War. So I don't, I think that that would still be consistent with my theory that this is after. But they're moving into the brownstone in both issues. No, no, they don't move into the brownstone in Batman. They mm-hmm. escape to the brownstone. But okay. Damien wasn't living there before. Right, so now he is, and I would assume that this is part of the moving in process. Yes, but I think he doesn't start moving until after Gotham War, because that kind of solidifies what Damien wants to do. Are you saying the single issue? or the? Because th- when you say Gotham War, I guess I'm thinking of the entire... I'm thinking the entire event. Event, yeah. I think it's during, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I definitely think this is this. (laughs) I definitely think this is happening during the events of of Gotham War. It partly doesn't make sense because White Rabbit has a bunch of henchmen, and theoretically, those henchmen would not be working for White Rabbit at this point if it's during Gotham War. But isn't that the point? Is that her thing? Her Selena's super plan isn't as effective as she thought it was. Right. Her plan is only not effective with the supervillains. It's it's. And I agree it is more realistic to say that some henchmen wouldn't, but according to the great wisdom of Teeny Howard, it is 100% effective and creates a 75% reduction in crime. And 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 whoever the new villain is, is brand new, so he could be coming in with folk. I, I see what you're saying. I I still just really feel this is afterwards. But I could they could be, be super loyal. They could be from Metropolis. I feel like that doesn't. I feel like there's many ways she could have entered. Uh, because these other books are written by people with more than one brain cell. 
again, I think that is quite reasonable and logical. I don't think editorial is thinking that carefully about it. Well, that certainly are not many different things. <laughs> I, I think they should have put a an editor's note. I mean, but they should put editor's notes in a whole lot of crap, and they don't. And sometimes when they put editor's notes in, they are 100% wrong. There was an editor's <laughs> note recently where they said that Harper Row developed nano, anti-mind control nanotechnology in Batman and Robin Eternal. No, that was Batman Eternal, moron. You get paid for this. How? <laughs> You're such a nerd. <laughs> I entered every single one of the Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal into the Stephanie Brown wiki. I know of what I speak. You you do know that this has been you do know that this has been he'd been griping about this since that I issue know. came out. No, I know. I remember. I know. <laughs> the salt knows no bound. Based only on the events of this issue. So so this means no Mayu Ducard, no Colin from Streets of Gotham, no Nothing from any other run, only this issue. What are you most excited about seeing in this run by Josh Goldson? Okay, okay, so, okay. So even though the summary was kind of dry, there are so many little bits in here that make them human, which is what I love about Williamson. Okay, and so... Throughout Williams's whole Robin book, he had Robin occasionally partaking and enjoying in some manga. And in this issue, you see Damien going to his room to be alone for a own time. And he's writing a story and there's like little pictures and it's like, oh, is he writing a manga? Is he writing his little own comic? Oh, this makes me so excited. Oh, and just their bonding over breakfast and him sort like Damien sort of take like oh like I didn't really like connect the dots, but but the way the way Theo said it was perfect. Like he's taking the role of Alfred and he's taking care of Bruce and he's making breakfast and he's like, We're gonna do tea the British way, you Neanderthal. <laughs> and so just precious. And so just Oh, okay. So between the art and the colors and the relationship between Bruce and Damien and the way that just they're portrayed as human beings, like, I will take whatever Teeny Howard, whatever poop Teeny Howard makes me walk through. I will take it if I can have this book. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was with you. I was with you until that part right there. I <laughs> <laughs> you have your limitations. Well, when we say take whatever poop, that doesn't mean we're buying it. No, oh, no, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> Thank you, DC. So, so I mean, I bought Batman. DC's getting money out of me, just not for Catwoman. Oh no. So, first of all, let me just say, if you haven't read my review on the site, you really do, because I. It's one of the few times where I really put some heavy thoughts into words. And when I read comic books, especially Batman comics, I really enjoy the action within Bruce kicking ass and taking names and that's who he is. But by God, the 10 pages 
of him and Damien interacting with each other as father and son instead of the dynamic duo is god damn it some of the best writing i've read in a long time and this is 100% chef's kiss this is 100% robin joshua williamson and i am so happy he touches upon so much in those 10 pages especially as he continues this maturation of Damien like who in the world and everything we've known I mean we, we saw in the pages of Robin how much he enjoyed reading manga but who would have known he was actually thinking of doing a comic we yes go ahead and do it Steph We knew, we knew he took Alfred's debt hard. Probably harder than the rest of the family because he was there. He witnessed it. But we never really knew. I never really knew until these pages just how much an effect and an influence Pennyworth had on him where he's quoting him. He's taking on a lot of stuff that you would typically see Alfred do, including his interaction with his father. I mean, the smacking of the hand and, you know, that's not how a proper gentleman makes tea. Those are Alfred words, you know, that, and, and yet he's still able to be that snarky dick that we've always known. That level a maturation has been missing for so long. I mean, because we've, we've dealt with how many years of Damien being 10, you know, and we finally get this this kid who are who is now growing before our eyes. And we really haven't seen it to this level, possibly since Dick Grayson, you know, because. Jason got killed. Tim is still Tim, more or less. But I mean, we've we've seen him now grown from his first appearance in Batman, and we've had him all these years of being ten years old, and then in such a short order of time with with Joshua Williamson, we've seen. We've seen our baby grow up before our eyes, and I can't be any more prouder and happier as as a Damian Wayne fan to see this happen. And and, and let me just say, we haven't said much about the art. I'm not familiar with a lot of work of Simone DeMeo from an interior standpoint, but he might just be the perfect Damien drawer for this series because he draws him so innocently yet so mature. If, if that's possible. And I absolutely love it.
So, did you say what you wanted to see in the future? I want to see. I want to see more of this. More. Yes, more Uh of this. All right. Too too long. Wait, 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 wait. Too long. Don't read. I want to see more of this. (laughs) More. Okay. So I, I also very much enjoyed the issue. I would say the specific things I would like to see. There's two specific things based on this issue that I would like to see. One is Flatline, of course, because I think Josh Williamson's development of Flatline was very fun and very worth checking out. The second thing is I want to see Damien developing more of a Gotham supporting cast in this Gotham Heights high school plotline. That is exciting to me. I'm a bit bummed that it's not Gotham Academy because I would love to see the Gotham Academy characters again. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I mean, Josh Williamson has not let me down in the Robin series so Ian, far. So, Ian, Bruce is broke. Huh? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Bruce is not broke. He's a millionaire, just not a billionaire. Okay, he's he's not got he he can't he can't afford the brownstone and Gotham Academy. Something I had to give. <laughs> Bruce's wealth is completely arbitrary. <laughs> The man just lost his house. Come on now. <laughs> his mansion. He still has his house. He lost his mansion. Okay. You got me. First first world problem. <laughs> I, it may be a first world problem, but I do keenly feel the loss of Wayne Manor. That should not be something that Vandal Savage owns. Yeah, that's icky. It's, it's very gross. Unless but he becomes a bestie. <laughs> <laughs> You're very committed to this particular plot. I am, until I see otherwise. Randall's I'm certain it's not going to happen. <laughs> just say it. This is not a Virgin Years thing. This is just, yeah. I don't think. I'm, I'm happy you said that, because I was just going to say, Steph, I, I respect your Virgin Years, but yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> it's the bromance we never knew we wanted. <laughs> no, I still don't want it. <laughs> and guess what? We're not going to get it. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the art. Simone DeMeo, Theo was asking me on the server. Uh, no, I think it was a DM. No, the server. Maybe it was her. No, the server. On the server. What else Simone DeMeo had done? Now, Simone DeMeo, of course, has done a ton of covers. But interior work, I specifically remember that he did the Harley Quinn Future State issue. And I had a bit of criticism back then. Uh, but I think he's gotten a lot better. Did he do the... um? Future State, Gotham. He did the covers. I know he yes, did the he covers. Did. He did the covers, but he oh. did not do any of the interiors. That oh. was uh, <laughs> Giannis Milo Giannis and some other dude that I really don't like. Not as a person. I think he's fine as a person, as far as I know. But like his art was terrible. Dude, you need to be careful talking about Steph's favorite terrible story. Yeah, you gotta be careful. No, I, I don't. That story I was awful. It. Everything about it. It was the most wonderful comic in the whole world. It was not. <laughs> it was, so it was not. It, it was, was so Damien was a literal demon from hell. How do you guys like this? Batman fix fix fix. <laughs> it was so bad. <gasps> that was so good. <laughs> it was so bad. <sighs> Steph said it was so bad it was good. She she literally read it for us. I, I am not on board. And, and and not only did she read it, <laughs> she gave a thumbs up. I that did. Is, that was too far, man. It's the highlight yeah. of my week usually is so good. Too far. Okay, back to Simone DeMeo. <laughs> uh, 
I really like pretty much the art. Uh, the the panel placement was a lot stronger. The the zoom. My my particular complaint about Harley Quinn is that it felt that Simone de Mayo drew things too close, so it was difficult to figure out what was going on. And this one, and maybe that worked with Harley. Maybe that was a choice for Harley because she's supposed to be insane and perspective is off kilter but for a more normal superhero type book like batman and robin i appreciate that everything felt much more coherent and in frame and it worked and again my big pet pete with detective comics is they keep putting too many artists so i know fill-ins are going to happen i just hope they happen in a planned and intelligent way and josh williamson is usually pretty good about writing for specific artists and trying to structure and plan things out so hopefully that'll keep up what do you think about what might happen with flatline stuff hmm well so i hadn't really i mean because i was just so excited about the comic when i was reading it the first time i didn't realize this gorgeous like memory panel in the shape of a flying robin with him talking to flatline and uh his grandmother and or I guess his great-grandmother, and his grandfather, and a bunch of other stuff. There's basically memories, and Selena's in there for some reason. <laughs> um, I hope, because they have kind of drawn her as either an enemy or a frenemy or having her own stuff going on. Um, so it's, I think it'll, I hope it's complicated. Whatever, whatever happens, I hope it's not just, oh, Damien, I liked you, and I still think you're pretty great. Oh, I like you too, Flatline. We should go out. Like, if it's straightforward, I'm going to be bored to tears. Um, but I hope that it's a little more angsty and <laughs> complicated um, as as a relationship between a semi-villain and a hero should be. I think so, too. I, I liked that Damien was awkward as any 13 or 14 year old boy would be with his first part girl that he's actively pursued. I think Damien has been sort of interested in other girls, maybe unconsciously sometimes in the past, but this is the first time that he's actively pursued a girl and <laughs> declared that she's his girlfriend without talking to her about it first. <laughs> kind of an oops move there, Damien, sir. And I do wonder if it is going to be more like a Selena for the longest time, not, in recent years, um, relationship where it's kind of like there's flirting and they like each other, but there really can't be much of a relationship, whether it's because you're on opposite sides of the law or you're 14 and you're stupid and you don't really know how <laughs> relationships work. Um, uh, but it, it would be interesting to see it be that kind of more flirtatious, not deep, not, 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 not deep, but basically, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of reviews of like, but more of a a fun a fun story to explore. Yeah, but also have it maybe rooted in more seriousness because you know this isn't. (laughs) Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. This isn't Hollywood where it's like a happy ever after because it's not because it's not fiction, but because it's an ongoing. And so you can't have a happily ever after clothes, clothes, curtains, wedding dress, wedding bells, because that's not how the story's going to end. You have to take into consideration these are characters that are going to exist for a very long time. And what are you going to do with that relationship? 
you know, <laughs> Ratman and Katrina, Selena never got married. Well, <laughs> they could have. Um, Even though they totally should have. Totally should have. Um, so, like, what are you going to do with a 14-year-old? Are you going to maybe take a more realistic approach to relationships where it's like a 14-year-old doesn't know how to have a dating relationship, especially with a friend of me? So, anyway, I'm hoping – I have a lot of trust in Williamson, and I think he's going to do great with whatever. So, so let me let, – let me only say the only reason why I am not totally on the flatline – Damien ship train just yet is I remember Williamson someone had asked about Maya showing up in Robin and him hinting that she would or saying that she would at some point and Batman and Robin is possibly a continuation of this run of his run on Robin. And unless I get something definitive saying that she's not showing up, I am going to hold out hope that Maya show up because Maya and Damien is my one true ship for him until she's not. And then I can likely be on the, flatline Damien train but and I'm not saying I am I'm saying that it would be cute to see Damien in this more humanity focused story to to struggle with a relationship with any girl I don't really care if it's flatline now, 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 it look, would be I'm happy you say that so yeah so if something happens and develops at Gotham Heights I might be on more on board with that then I would be with flatline simply because of the frenemy aspect of the frenemy aspect only because we already get that with Bruce and Selena so having Damien deal with relationships in a different in a different aspect in a different modality you know, where he's not worrying about whether or not she's going to take his heart out. <laughs> you know, it, it, it literally, <laughs> yeah, it, it presents a better story. Yeah. Long term. I think that's totally reasonable. Now, let's move to our ratings. Who do you of- ship a 14 year old with? Uh, see, uh, Ian, we need to know. <laughs> well, when he is of age, I ship him with Stephanie Brown. <laughs> oh, no, she's his sister. But, but he is of age. I mean, he's he, not he, he, adopted. He, huh? Their relationship. Stephanie Brown is not adopted. Yes, but their relationship is one of friends and siblings. Friends to lovers. <laughs> I love it. And I would like all the people who are going to go nuts at me because he's a minor. I said when he's of age, okay? <laughs> but he but he is of age for a relationship. Just not with not Stephanie. Not for a relationship with Stephanie. Why? Why would you? How old is she? She's 17. She's four years older than him. Stephanie needs to be. Oh, no. She's 18 now. Stephanie needs no, to be with Tim Drake. Tim Drake. No one else. You know I shipped Tim, but you know yeah. that DC's not going to let this happen currently. Well, she just needs to be alone then. 
I would I would I would almost be tempted if 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 we're gonna go that route, ship him with uh, Cass and see how that goes. That would be some classic stuff right there. They're that close. They're they're closer in age. They're closer in background. Being raised by a bunch of zealots. Whether zealots, 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 zealots. Obvious English teacher. Um, Homeschooler. I thought that was my job. <laughs> Dude, really? Your English? <laughs> I was an English professor for four years. So is it zealots or zealots? It's zealots. Zealots. I'm from the <laughs> south. There's no Y in that word. <laughs> Don't care. Anyway, any minor points of pronunciation is tomato, tomato. tomato. No one says tomato. Obviously, they do because it surely that surely hasn't gone away. Um, No one says tomato. I don't say tomato. I say tomato, but obviously the odds there. (laughs) Potato, potato. I lost my whole train of thought. Where the hell were we? <laughs> You're talking about shipping Davian with Kaz. Oh yeah, I'll be on board with that. That would be <laughs> that would be that would be a story right there. I I, I could see them literally fighting every issue. Kaz is for Superboy. Ooh. Connor? Wait, we're talking about Connor? Yeah. Connor. You gotta be these days you gotta be specific. You yeah, got so many da- you got so many damn superboys running around. Yeah, there's Otho and John and Connor and I'm sure they'll find another one. I guess John's not technically a superboy anymore, right? John is I don't know. Is, is he still calling himself Superman now the clock is back? John is a painful that. story that we uh, don't I, talk about anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 just since you mentioned John, that is where <laughs> I. Oh <boy. laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm going back to art. Okay. okay. <laughs> that is where I truly fell in love with Jorge. Was on Super Sons. Just mm. chef's kiss. But all the John stuff these days, yeah, I'll, I'll pass. All right, we want to wait. <laughs> Batman and Robin, number one. This was a hell of a conversation. He's happy it's over. He's like trying to move on. (laughs) Out of five Damien notebooks. Uh, Okay, y'all. Okay. I think my standards have dropped a bit. Or maybe I've just been so depressed. This has made me so happy. I'm going to give it a five. Five notebooks out of five notebooks. This book made me so happy. Yes, five. I'm giving you a clap. You deserve that, Steph. <laughs> so I gave it a four. This probably could have been a four and a half. The only quip I have, and it's really on the writing side, and I said it in my review, and it's and it's not totally Josh's fault because everyone does it, is the fact that, and I've already said it, before they take these redemption stories and they just crap all over them. We, we, yeah. we, we, we just in a few panels, we 
scene, we see several characters who've had great redemption stories just get totally squashed, and I was not a fan of that. That keeps it from being a higher score for me, but still, I gave it a four on the website, and I will stick with that since the website now can do decimal points. (laughs) I think this was a very fine issue, and I give it a 3.5, not because I think it's bad, but because I think it's building to something, and even though it was full of stuff I enjoyed, there wasn't anything that deeply moved me. Oh, God. So I, oh, You're you, saying oh. for because because the picture on the variant cover had White Rabbit wearing a one-piece without shoulder straps, and in the actual issue, she was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> and I do want to point out that if you clicked on this episode, you may notice that we... Uh, Put White Rabbit as our cover for the episode. And this was a deal that was worked out in ancient times. Oh, I sold my AKA soul. About, about four months ago, I oh. saw this cover and said, Steph, you could have your pick of a cover that you get to go crazy on and you can love, but I get this cover. I don't even remember what I picked. Oh, it was, uh, what, what cover was it? It was, it was, was, sure was a Bruce cover, one. Probably. It was one oh, of the covers. It was a Bruce cover. Yeah, it was a cover. It was, it was a, sh- was a shirtless Bruce. Oh, it was something. I, oh, was I wonder if it was Bruce. a variant cover from World's Finest. I think Probably, that's yes. I think that was it. But that was the deal. Was and the deal. I got my White Rabbit cover out of this. <laughs> And for the record, I wanted this cover as well. And yes, I had support. It wasn't just me. I, I, I even I even put in my review. You know, I bought two covers of this issue: the main one and the art journal one. Now, did you Be- get the foil one or the regular one? I got the regular one. The foil Be- was a little hard to see. Yeah, they made it so dark. I'm not I'm not crazy about foil covers simply because they don't always look right especially, i love foil covers but i mean it's art germ and it's white rabbit and he went nuts it, he <laughs> did and at least to dc's credit all of the covers pertain to the issue even it's though, one way or another. And even though she may not be, I mean, we don't know what she has on under the hoodie, but I would assume, <laughs> I would assume it's something all, similar. Like, wide shots, right? Like she's usually far away. Is there any of her like close up? Hold on, I gotta look. Oh, I can't remember. Well, let me ask this quick question before we jump off. What do you all think of the new trade dress for Batman and Robin? The new what? For Batman? For Batman and Robin. Oh. The trade dress. Oh, it looks nice. I like it. You mean like it the, the like... cover art? The, the, no, not no, cover, no. But the, the, the logo. The, lo- the logo. logo. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, it's I mean, different. I feel like it could have been more clever. Like, it's obviously Batman. And I feel like maybe somehow you could have worked in a Robin something. Well, so, so yeah, here's like my... the Auburn R. Or something. So, well, so, so I'm almost wondering, because if you notice, the wing piece looks two-tiered. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the top one as the bat wings and the bottom one as the robin. That's well, just me. Well, because his new like R is really like pointy, 
and it, I saw I saw the pointiness of the middle and thought that that was kind of like his R sort of. I like the trade dress. It looks nice. It's it looks nice. I do kind of wish they made the R in Robin the Damien R. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's it it's it it's definitely longer that could have fit into looking more like a wing, and you could have done the same thing on the other side with the end. But it's good. I'm not complaining. I gave it a five. I'm definitely not complaining. <laughs> All right. That gives us an average of 4.17. And I would like to go on record by saying if I was truly committed to mode, I could have gone to four. But <laughs> I was committed to my artistic integrity. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. That, not, was the, that was the hope. Not this is the one time I wanted a damn mode. all right let's go to greater gotham wait we just get the greater gotham (laughs) i know hold on can i quickly do can i do the the weeks the weeks i was missing i did the i did the night terrors ones i read them you must hear my opinion uh how do you (laughs) want to do that just read i'll just read them real quick Okay. So, Night, Night, Night Terror's Catwoman, thumbs down. <laughs> Night Terror's Nightwing, neutral. <laughs> neutral. Uh, Night Terror's Punchline, too. Neutral, but because I didn't really read it. <laughs> um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Night Terror's 4, thumbs up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was up. Uh, Angel Breaker two, thumbs up. Even though it had nothing to do with anything. If I had read Night, if I had read Angel Breaker after Night Terrors four, I probably would have given it a neutral because it had nothing to do with anything. But anyway, uh, Tech number two, thumbs up. Harley Quinn, abstain. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, I'm cut off. Okay, starting with Nort's Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Abstain. This, by the way, for those who are not aware, is literally just the last two years of swimsuit covers collected in one with a new Birds of Prey story by the Batgirl and the Birds of Prey rebirth team of Shauna Benson and Julie Benson um, and a reprint of a Apollo and, Apollo and Midnighter story from DC's Cybernetics somewhere from three years ago, I want to say. Abstain. So it's basically a cover collection. Abstain as as well. I, I I knew what it was, and I did. I, you guys see the Dick and Babs centerfold, though? Nope. Nope. Oh my goodness! It was very spicy. <laughs> as spicy as it was the, my Jorge. As as spicy as the Bruce and Selena one. Which Bruce and Selena one? The cover where where her, her ass is out and he's covering his face with the magazine. I take it as a spice. Now you're going to make me go and look at the damn book. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I, no, I saw shut, that one. Shut, shut up. Don't I tell us about one. this stuff anymore, Ian. They're always covering Bruce's face. It drives me nuts. Now, you, now you're going to make me go and look at the damn book. My least favorite Batman swimsuit cover was the one where he's actually wearing his cowl with the swimsuit. It looks That so was weird. hilarious, though. So freaking weird. The one where he's, he's swimming, or the one where him and Selena are kind of hanging out in the water? Hanging out, I think. Yeah. I don't uh, remember. It was so well, traumatizing, I don't remember. That one was Mikhail Hanin, and it was just Bruce 
in his swim trunks and a bat mask, and then Selena sort of playing volleyball in the background. Yeah, then there was the second one where he's actually swimming in his trunks and still with the cowl on. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they know how to do proper beefcake at DC. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there, there's a solution to that. So here, 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 and it's very simple. You ready? Steph will agree. You ready? The solution is simple. Dan, there you go. Look at that. See, I didn't even have to say it. <laughs> I didn't even have to say it. Yeah. There, there's a simple solution to that. Yum, yum. <laughs> so I, I do want to point out that um, Casually Comics, a wonderful comics YouTube channel, did a review of Nort's Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and I really appreciate the point she made. They were very thoughtful. So go check that out. And because of the thoughts in that and the thoughts my co-hosts have shared, this is kind of a thumbs down for me. I don't like cover collections, especially when they're so... Uh, they're very expensive, the way oh. they're priced. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cheesy. <laughs> I, I, gonna I say selected cheesy. the White Rabbit cover. I have nothing to say about cheesiness. Oh, that's good. I, 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 am, I am trying not to be hypocritical here. So let me let me elaborate. Cheesy from the standpoint of we've seen all of these before. And I'm sure you, my comment's going to be the same when you get to the next book. Yes, Catwoman Uncovered, another cover collection. Upstain. And there was like a little Catwoman story. I don't even remember by who I was so checked out at that point. Yeah, I mean, they, they've already done this with Joker, and I was not, I read the Joker one, was not crazy about it, and when I realized they were doing one for Selena, and I think they're doing the Ivy one, too. I'm like, yeah, no, definitely not picking it up. So. They're probably going to do, like, 20 Ivy ones, because they have so many freaking covers for that book. No, they could do an Ivy one just with Jenny Frenson. They can do a they can do a Catwoman simply with Jenny Frenson covers. Well, I would rather do just like a Jenny Frizzone cover book by itself. Is it Frizzone? Because then you could is she French? Yeah. And then you could include her Wonder Woman stuff too. Which well, I, I didn't know she did Wonder Woman. She did Greg Rucka's run. <sighs> I don't remember that. I love Greg. Come on, year one? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it started out Frank Cho for the first six issues, and then Jenny Frizzone took over. Gotcha. I got a couple of them signed at... Uh, C2E2? Yeah. Let's keep going. Oh, yeah. Where are we? Poison Ivy number 14. I'm neutral, but... <sighs> why? I didn't understand why now... Why is Janet in from HR or whatever her name is? Like She's literally Janet from HR. She's just kissing everybody. I mean, what the heck? Anyway, whatever. I didn't care. I'm I'm just waiting from for Ivy to kill her. I I seriously think that that's what's going to happen. I think she is going to be put in a situation where she has to choose between Janet and uh, Holly, and there's no way she's going to turn on Holly. And so I just need for Janet to die quicker. 
she was worthless in Night Terror, then she's pretty worthless in here. And the idea, homewrecker. Yeah, the idea of her, you know, bad enough. Ivy made out with her. I mean, Ivy went all the way to home. did the devil's tango. Yeah. <laughs> she, she went all the way to home base with Ivy. The fact mm-hmm. that she gets to first base with, with, first base with Holly her. now. Yeah. And then, and then brags about it. You know, it, just. The whole thing. Just, I don't know why I keep reading it. I Jezebel. think it's because I had so little I read for this week. I was like, maybe I should read Ivy. <laughs> Jezebel. That's what I, I She's the Jezebel I do not like. Jezebel Jet, on the other <laughs> hand. Steph read it because she knew I wasn't caught up. But it's a neutral for me, too. I, 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 they have to do something with... They have to do something sooner rather than later to eliminate the Janet from HR factor. And I think, I think the Holly kiss probably, hopefully... Uh, sets that emotion. Anyway. Birds of Prey number one. Nothing happens. <laughs> it was a non-story. It's a big fat neutral for me and I don't know if I'm going to keep it. Definitely it, it was just there. Uh, you know how we said doing doing was it Fear State? Yeah. No. Not Fear State. Yeah. During Fear State how that little birth of prey story was in urban legends Legends. and it was just a group of ladies and they slapped the title on it was trash this is slightly better but it's really kind of along the same line with the exception that dinah you know being an original member and cast being the representative bat member of the team, but this is literally them just drawing a group of growing drawing a group together and slapping the name on it. And that's just how I feel right now. Hopefully it changes. Oh, and it's a neutral. This is a neutral for me, but because it's actually a lot of Good things canceled out by a lot of bad things. So Steph is absolutely right. Nothing happens in this issue. It's a get the team together, but it's done in a very kind of by the numbers way. And that's not to say that there aren't good things about getting the team together, but none of them really speak to the characters in a way that feels textured or aware of the deep lore of the characters or in a way that seems like it will come back in a breadcrumb type of way so that that's a that's a neutral thing Cass is written very well Dinah is written very well Barda is written very well I have not ever read Zealot before even though people on the DC Universe forums even though people on the DC Universe forums really love her and want me to check her out I don't care about Wildcats I am and I've said this before and I know people have heard it putting Harley Quinn on the Birds of Prey I am done with it I am angry about it And the fact that this creative team knew that people would be angry about it and did it anyway makes it worse. Yep. So that's a big cancel out. The art was great. I'm a big fan of Leonard Romero. I think a lot of good stuff. I'm a bit frustrated at all the nostalgia bait on the covers because this series has 
absolutely no nostalgia bait in it. So the covers trying to trick people who love Birds of Prey from the Chuck Dixon or the Gail Simone runs. There is nothing here from that. And you can't yes, do Dinah's it. You, on it. Yeah, you can't do it when you only have one character from the original story. I mean, it, correct. It, it, and I am not saying you can't do this team. I would prefer if you called it something else. This team is fine. I'm tired of it being Birds of Prey. I'm tired of the nostalgia bait that has no nostalgia content. There's no connection. Nothing at all. There are some fun teases uh, at the very end that I thought were fun. And I'm interested to find out. So I will keep reading. But this is a neutral. Not because it's meh, but because there's stuff that I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. And there's stuff that I'm, this is awful and I'm very angry. So that's a neutral in the end. All right. So the next title is Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number 10. Abstain. Abstain here too. (laughs) Guess what, guys? I not only didn't abstain, I bought this freaking book because <gasps> Stephanie Brown yeah, was Stephanie in three Brown. pages of it. That's oh, it. and she was drawn by Carmine DG and Medical, <gasps> and it was so amazing. Lucky. Now, do I know what happened in the book? I don't really know what happened in the book. And Joker he was doesn't doing really something. Care. Another fake Joker was also doing something, and I don't care. Stephanie Brown, Jason Todd, Ravager, and Manhunter were all hanging out and fighting each other. It was amazing. <laughs> Drawn by Carmine. Oh, it's so good. Oh, quick question, and I don't know. Thumbs up, you know. by the way. No, that's... <laughs> I guess if I can give a book a five, because Damien's drawing a manga, you can do whatever you want. Um, is that in continuity? Is it... Are we supposed to expect that the Joker, that the man who laughs is part of the... Well, isn't this volume two supposed to be volume two of Tynion's series? Yes. So here's the thing. I think that Rosenberg is going to tie this into his Gotham War stuff. So that's what I'm expecting. So it's more like old stuff? It's an old story? No, I think this is supposed to be contemporary. Okay. All right. Just curious. Or roughly. Maybe like a week or two before. But... I, it's, it's not supposed to be a year ago, like Tynan's Joker would have been. Oh, I miss Tynan's Joker. That was such a good book. Oh, you, it made you, me you, sad. You, you, you missed all of the cannibalism and stuff. That like was that. one issue, man. I miss Jim Gordon being awesome. I don't miss the cannibals. I, I don't miss the cannibals. But that was one issue. Although I do then miss they all five got young... killed and it was fine. Although I do miss fine young cannibals. All right, Batman Incorporated number twelve. The very sad dude. Why? Why are you cutting me off while I'm singing? What? Oh God, he missed. He missed it. He missed the joke. Steph said she doesn't miss the cannibals. I said I doesn't don't miss the cannibals. However, I do miss fine young cannibals, and I started singing. She drives me crazy. And you cut me off. And You're I a little am, quiet. You're a little hard to hear sometimes. And I'm so upset. It. <laughs> Continue. I don't get it. You you, uh, you, you haven't heard Find Your Cannibals? Steph, I have you, not. Is that a song? That's a group. Steph, you have to find a clip. Yeah. 
Yes. Drop a clip in here to show you how tasteless he is. <laughs> Was it called Fighting with Cannibals? No. Oh, my God. I didn't hear what you I, said. I, I, I am I am definitely telling my age. I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> this is this is dude. I feel like the fact that you said you voted for Jason to die tells your age more. <laughs> <laughs> I did. But you got spanked for voting. Oh yeah. No, I did not get spanked. I got my got ass whipped. <laughs> dude, there is a difference between a spanking and an ass whooping. Theo didn't get spanked for his multiple calls to DC that he can't get his money back from. He got his ass whipped for his multiple calls to DC. And I don't regret Not it. free calls. They were toll calls. Totally toll calls. And they were worth it. And like I said, I would have been willing to pay double because by that point I was a grown ass man and I could do it to see Damien die. All okay. right. Batman Incorporated number 12, the tragic ending of this amazing series. Thumbs up, but it was definitely a rushed ending. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, ta-da, and I quit. (laughs) And I... They had a a lovely moment for Grey Wolf deciding to stay, and that was really... That was very heartwarming. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Oh, and a... Bow's leaving was very like it wasn't tragic or dramatic. It was just like I this is it was appropriate. It was very appropriate. And it, it's the kind of thing that I think gives us hope for the future for him. Yeah. Yeah. And the team decided to stay mostly together, except yes. for the ones that needed personal time. That yes. was really good. It was very healthy. And Ian um, was right. Dark Ranger survived. Yes. <laughs> um yeah, other than it being kind of rushed at the end. Oh, and <laughs> my husband says, one, you could make an EMP out of car parts, but it would take more than just ripping the parts out and shoving them together. And it wouldn't be that big and it wouldn't be that obnoxiously bright. It would just, it would be very boring. It would just go and you wouldn't really see anything. But, <laughs> but this is oh, comics. And it would be very low. Like if you held it right next to the bomb, it would probably work. But like it would not have a 10 block radius or whatever this is. But anyway, aside from that, it was very good. Thumbs up. I am just happy that Clown, I am just happy that Ghostmaker quit because he was definitely toxic for the team. And I am happy that Brisson left the door open for them to come back. Yes, I hate it when they end a series and they also have the team break up and it's all sad. That pisses me off. At least now they can go on and have more adventures in our minds and someone can pick them up later. And it it really did end in a healthy way. It was like the people that needed to step aside for whatever reason did. And the people that were left were the ones that wanted to be there. And I think that's just because it it takes away a lot of the animosity that was at the beginning where people didn't like each other or they didn't like the way things were led. It's like, okay, now the people left are the people who want to be there. And it's going to be a lot healthier. And El Gacho has taken the proper place as the leader. I'm (laughs) glad you were wrong about El Gacho and... Ghostmaker, but I think you were only wrong because they ran out of time. You think? I think you are right. You, you, it probably would have escalated to that event. You think it would have come to blows? Yeah, or something, or at least change of leadership on a more violent level. <laughs> yeah, but I'm 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 happy. I'm happy. Ghostmaker is gone. It, it, now what? 
what I hope leaving the door open doesn't lead us to is some type of Batman Ink Stormwatch type of story. Because I'm not really feeling all of that right now. Because that's Bruce Song too, right? Yeah. It had potential. But it's not there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has to develop it a little bit more. And unfortunately, I don't think it can happen in the pages of Brave and the Bold. This is a huge thumbs up for me. This series has just been fantastic. And I didn't expect it to be because Brisson hadn't earned my trust yet. And John Timms had done a bunch of really wonky art. But both of them stepped up to the plate. Batman Incorporated Volume 3 has overtaken Batman Incorporated Volume 1 in my heart. And I love Batman Incorporated Volume 1. I hate Batman Incorporated Volume 2. I hate that series. But Batman Incorporated Volume 1 was extremely exciting to me. So... And it, it kills me because I, I know that the series didn't sell enough and people weren't talking about it. But I hope that people will rediscover it and find that this is just a phenomenal book. It really and it will read. It. And it's a good story. It stands by mm-hmm. itself. You read these two mm-hmm. arcs and it'll just be enjoyable. It doesn't. I hope that it has a life in trade. I hope that it has a life in digital and people will discover it. And I will continue to bring it up as something that I recommend for people who want something maybe a bit off the beaten path, but it's just really solid and really mm-hmm. enjoyable. Great character, great art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good comics. Good it's good Batman comics. It's good Batman universe comics. I was definitely impressed with, with John Timms in, in yes. his story. I got to meet him at uh, C2E2 and he was very nice. And I told him I liked his work a lot. In Batman and Rob, I mean, in Batman Inc., not in yes. not in Son of Cal. That was not. Cool. I did not have him sign any of those issues. <laughs> I did have him sign the Stephanie Brown cover for Young Justice because it's me. And you just don't care. It's Stephanie Brown. She is my heart. <laughs> and you just don't care. The story could be terrible, but I the got, story was not terrible though. I got three pages of Stephanie Brown. That's all I need. Take my, take my credit card, please. Speaking of Stephanie Brown. Here we go. Wayne Family Adventures, episode 100 to 101. This is a two-parter, which is why I'm doing them together. Um, this is called Enough. And it's about Stephanie Brown, Jason Todd, and Barbara dealing with a young man whose father is a criminal. Thumbs up. It was really, really, I mean, it was definitely one of their deeper, more serious ones. Um, so don't expect, you know, the ha-has and giggles. <laughs> but, and it's, it definitely paired Jason and Stephanie on a, an emotional level that I'm actually surprised we don't get more of in general. Um, so that was well, Matt good. Rosenberg is yeah. working hard to, to do that. <laughs> oh, in, um, cool. in Joker. Joker and in, uh, just his Red Hood stuff in general. Oh, okay. Well, I do like Red Hood, but, um, yeah, no, it's very, very, very good. I'll let you gush. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's coming. I did not. I I did not read these last few episodes. Aww. So I'm going to abstain. I'm sorry. I, I you I, must catch up. They're so good. I, it's so I, good. I, I kind of have other other, <laughs> other stuff to do. Oh, at, yeah. You know, and and the mm. the Steffer and I are actually prepping for some Red Hood stuff. So I had to catch yeah. up on it. Had to catch up on I'll that. I need to catch up on that. <laughs> <laughs> we both gotta catch up on that. <laughs> but I'll catch right. up. I'm not that far behind. 
So do your thing, Ian. All right. So this is a Stephanie Brown-centric story. So, of course, I'm going to be excited. But it's Stephanie Brown taking the role of someone who brings hope to other people's lives. Other people, and she has she demonstrates great empathy. And these are things that I think are really inherent to her character, but aren't always allowed to shine forth. They were allowed to shine forth in the last arc of Batgirls, and they were allowed to shine forth in the Robins miniseries by Tim Seeley recently. So there are writers who get this about her character, but I'm so happy to see them in Wayne Family Adventures with, you know, a million people eyeballs on this series. So Steph will, this quality of empathy will be in a bunch of new fans' eyes. But more even than that, there are two specific things in this, these two-part episodes that just made me extremely happy. One was you got to see Stephanie being trained as Robin by uh, Barbara and I think Dick. And just the expression on her face was uncertain and it was just a lovely little image of Stephanie as Robin. And I always love those times because I think her time as Robin is so underrated. The second is in the second episode, there's a picture of Stephanie as Spoiler, her original Spoiler costume, facing Clue Master on a huge tank. And that is a direct recreation of her origin story in Detective Comics number 649, which, by the way, is going to be reprinted in Batman The Dark Knight Detective Volume 8 coming in November. And you bet your ass I have that pre-ordered <gasps> at my store. My goodness, Ian. So, Ian cussed, these two episodes, Ian cussed, Ian cussed, somebody tell. <gasps> these Side of a language. <laughs> is this Avengers 2? <laughs> These episodes just brought so much joy to my heart because it it gives readers who are brand new to Batman, brand new to stories about Stephanie Brown, just pieces of her intro that they wouldn't get in modern comics because they're not referenced. And that just makes me so happy. And it's done with so much love. These are not casual references. These writers and these artists had to look at those old issues, those issues from 1992 of Stephanie Brown, to see what to recreate. And that shows love. And I love them for it. So you answered the question for me. I was going to ask how well they did with uh, keeping to her history and her voice. But you seem to have answered it. Superbly. Superbly. And that brings us to the end of Greater Gotham. Now it's time for our patron. Okay. So I would like to thank the following people. Actually, we would like to thank the following people for their support <laughs> on Patreon. Lisa Slack. Woohoo! Donovan Morgan Grant. Oh, yeah. Johnny McCloskey. Yeah. Ian Miller. Ian! Who? Stanton's Grave. <laughs> Yay, Stanton's Grave! Jessica Morales. Oh, I love Jessica. Joshua Lappin Bertoni. I love Joshua Lappin Bertoni. Ed Grouse. <gasps> Ed Grouse. David Richards. Woohoo! Rob O. Preach. Captain America. Woohoo! The Marvel oh, guy. <laughs> Gotta love a Marvel guy. Donald Townsend. <gasps> I love Donald. Stephanie Mounts. <gasps> That's me! And Caspian73. And Caspian, I, I love the comments Caspian leaves on the Discord. Good he guy. does. Great comments. Thank you all for your support, for helping us to keep our archive of episodes on the air. 
We really appreciate we appreciate your comments and the various ways you contribute to TBU. Thank so, you all. So people might be wondering, what the hell are they doing? Well, we <laughs> <laughs> once she once she got back, a certain person said, "Oh my God, I don't know who thought that, but Theo, that was." That was totally awesome. We need to do that more often. Extra Patreon appreciation. And, we and, appreciate it. And Ian was like, <laughs> I was kind of hoping he would shut up. I hadn't planned for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good times. Yeah, we do that type of stuff. I told you, things are changing. Grow with things us. Things are changing. That brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to seeing you next time when we cover the second part of four parts of Gotham War. Four this is parts? Ian. Oh, so this is Dev. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Okay. This is Theo. Come on, you gotta have hope, Steph, oh. because Batman was bet. Oh, God, no. Catwoman is next. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have Red Hood next time. So oh, good. I love Hopefully, it. there will be good stuff. Hopefully. Now, <laughs> but it's Catwoman. thank you for listening <laughs> to the Batman Universe comic podcast. <laughs>